Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. I'm Sarah Bivens, and with me here is my husband, Matthew Bivens. Hello, hello, mama. What's going on? Chilling. I'm a little cold. Yeah, you're all like hoodied up with blankets and socks and everything. It's It's like the middle of June. Yeah, (laughs) and our house is not that cold. We just got the AC going. Well, I'm actually really chilly right now, and if you want to know, it's because I have peppermint oil on my boobs but we'll get into that in a minute i thought you were gonna say it's because you have cabbage on your boobs that too i have cold cabbage and peppermint oil on my boobs so spoiler alert <laughs> i could smell the peppermint <laughs> yeah i can too which it's actually kind of been great for the congestion i've been having with all of the pollen i thought so, that's why you were doing it no no it's it's for what we're going to talk about today so stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, quite refreshing in the summertime to have peppermint oil on your boobs, in case you're wondering. kind of keeps you, keeps you cool, and uh, it's also like you're walking around with a little secret that no one else knows, unless well, they, they smell the peppermint. They, can, they do know. <laughs> totally smell it. Uh, happy late Father's Day, Matthew, to Thank you. you. Happy belated Father's Day. We had an awesome Father's Day weekend, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was we spent, super chill. We didn't do... Well, okay, we did stuff. Yeah. On Saturday, we watched a lot of soccer. And hung out with family. And hung out with family. And then on Sunday, we watched even more, more soccer, soccer. Or football. 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 Uh, the World Cup's the, going on. Yeah, in case you're like, why Cup. are you guys watching so much soccer? We are huge World Cup people. I love the World Cup when it comes around. Yeah. I get so amped up and excited. I think it was a game on now, probably. Oh, well... Just put it on the background. Isn't it? Uh, that would be fun to be talking about birth and stuff. You hear, go! <laughs> that would be a crazy way to announce baby's arrival. <laughs> oh, somebody's done it. Oh, my gosh. Like a South American football commentator narrating your birth would be pretty amazing. I'm sure that, that I bet you we can go on YouTube and see somebody who's made a little that would be edited hysterical. a video like that. 
But anyway, I hope everyone had an awesome Father's Day. I didn't realize until now that our last episode when we were recording it, that it was going to publish the day before Father's Day, and we said nothing about Father's Day. So here's our... (laughs) That's because we're recording in advance, so we didn't realize. But normally I know when it's going to publish and stuff. Anyway, happy belated Father's Day to everyone, to all the current papas, papas papas-to-be, partners-to-be, parents, all of that stuff, all-inclusive of the father-parent. Wait, and this is publishing a, like week, a week later after Father's Day. I don't, whatever, dude. It's fine. <laughs> you get it, listener. Yes. You get it. Uh, also, gotta plug our ebook, uh, 12 Things That Made Our Home Birth Awesome. That would be a great belated Father's Day activity to do, especially for you preparing for your birth. Download that ebook, cuddle around. And have another Father's Day celebration and read about how you can make your home birth awesome. It's kind of a stretch. It was stretch, a stretch, but... yes, but I'm going for it. Just, I'm, I'm all amped up right now on my cabbage peppermint boobs, so yeah. no one can stop me. I also want to invite you, listener, to follow us on Instagram if you're not already and check out all the cool things going on there. We share a ton of... Uh, awesome birth photography photos that we find. And there's a bunch of birth photographers that I'm absolutely in love with. And I just love resharing all of their stuff. So that's a great way to get inspired about, you know, your own birth or, um, you know, your own birth photography exploration uh, process. And uh, we post about new episodes there. All great stuff. So go check us out. We do what? We do polls. And we do polls and things. fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, help us get to that 5K because we're right around the corner from 5,000 likes. That'll oh, be cool yeah. to reach that milestone. And invite you as well to reach out. Reach out to us with any questions that you have for us. There's things you want to know from us. There's things that you think we need to know, like stuff going on in the birth world. Because believe it or not, I'm not like on Instagram or online looking all day at the, you know, the ticker of what's going on in the birth world. Like it's the stock market. Um, I would love to be doing that, but we're not. So sometimes you guys catch things that we totally miss. So let us know so that we can either talk about it on the show or is there so we can know all the things, hashtag all the things, reach out to us at DIAH podcast on Instagram or our website. There's a contact form on DIAH podcast.com. Before we get into today's episode, which is so appropriate for this sponsor to be sponsoring this episode, didn't even plan it this way, I swear. Um, Shout out to our sponsor, Milk and Honey. Uh, And what's really special about Milk and Honey, and we'll probably talk about them again throughout this conversation, because like I said, it's very relevant to today's topic, Um, but Milk and Honey is a breast milk jewelry company. So quick question for you, Matthew. Had you ever heard of breast milk jewelry until a few weeks ago when it entered our awareness? Of course not. No? I'm so, so shocked. Um, you listening too, you might be like, what is that? You know, maybe if you haven't heard that before, I hadn't heard of it maybe once back in the day and I probably just wrote it off as something really weird and, you know, I didn't look care to look further into it. But what's super cool about Milk and Honey Breast Milk Jewelry is it's co-founded and run by a doing it at home mama that we had on our show way back in the day in episode 18. So to give you some context, we're about to do like 155 or something, episode 18. So Maria, Maria and her friend Megan started Milk and Honey together as a way to uh, utilize their gifts and their talents and their passions to make beautiful things and to show their daughters, because they are uh, girl moms, the value of hard work and creating symbols of the magical journey of breastfeeding. 
And so they wanted to give that to women. And I have one. I have their classic round ring. And you can see pictures of it on my Instagram and the Doing It At Home Instagram. And it's my milk in the stone of this ring. And I just absolutely love it. And I'll tell you more about why I love it as we get into this topic. But they're doing something really cool for our listeners. They're giving our listeners 15% off when they use the code D-I-A-H at milkandhoney.jewelry. So it's not a .com, folks. It is milk and honey, all written out, .jewelry. And we'll include a link to it in the show notes as well for you to check out. But it's a really easy process to send in your milk, and it doesn't have to be fresh. So all you freezer mamas out there who might be done with breastfeeding, you have it all stocked up in the fridge, you can use that. They can also utilize a dehydrated or encapsulated placenta and locks of hair from baby to include into the stones as well. So it's super cool. It's beautiful. I love looking down at my hand and seeing it for so many reasons. Um, but again, go to milkandhoney.jewelry, find them on social media as well, and use that code D-I-A-H for 15% off your order. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Today's topic. Weaning. So we are ending our breastfeeding journey, um, and that's why the aforementioned uh, sponsor is so appropriate, and just that ring and all the the timing of it is just uh, super beautiful. Um, did I say twenty one months already? Uh, I don't that? think so. Okay, no. I thought I said it in my brain. Anyway, twenty one months. Uh, we've I've been breastfeeding, but we've been on the breastfeeding journey together, and it's coming to a close. So it's it's ending. And I actually talked about this briefly in an episode on Balance and Motherhood podcast um, last week. But that was more about kind of the life lessons I've pulled from breastfeeding. And so now we are a week later and still going through weaning. It's not a complete process yet. And there's just more I wanted to get into in, in this vein and with this audience in this space with you and get into some of the intricacies and have you to bounce off of, Matthew, um, to kind of support and provide feedback and, and reiterate all, all those things. Um, so kind of, I want this to be almost like a little therapy session where I just get to share a lot and you can kind of chime in. Um, but I just wanted to create this space for myself and also all the mamas out there who have gone through this are currently, or are planning to, um, and just, just be, just be here. I think that's great. Cause I think that, and I know just from experiencing it firsthand, it can be a challenge you know, breastfeeding can present a lot of challenges, either starting and getting it going, um, or, you know, if it ends earlier than the mama wants, um, or in our case, when, you know, you are complete with breastfeeding and then having it wind down after that. 
So I think this is just a great topic to jump into. And yeah. the format in which we're going to talk about this, like we don't necessarily have um, an outline of things. Uh, it's, it's like you said, it's just more open conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did want to touch on briefly, you know, our, our history a little bit with breastfeeding and kind of our, our journey into it. Um, honestly, it's kind of uneventful in the sense that I feel like uh, Maya took to latching and nursing really well in those first few days. I mean, I got to nurse her for the first time within an hour of, of birthing her. And then um, I think my milk came in maybe like three days later, which is which is about normal, about average, I would say. And how long was it? A couple weeks in, I got the chills. I had a feverish feeling. It was almost like I was getting the flu or some really bad cold and my breasts were on fire and hurting and my body hurt. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like I'm coming down with like death. I don't know what this is, but this is horrible. And I probably need to, you know, sequester myself. I probably need to be in quarantine away from you and away from Maya. And then I did some reading, which, you know, I was careful about because I didn't want to go into a black hole of, you know, uh, diagnosing myself, but I was like, Oh, this could be mastitis. And so I reached out to my midwife, told her what was going on. She's like, yep, that's mastitis. And she's like, you're at the very beginning awareness of it. So if you want to, we can try to like flush this thing out naturally in 24 hours. And if after a day or so it's not getting better then you know, antibiotics, but if you want to avoid antibiotics, which I do, I typically always want to avoid them if I can. Um, went in on like the raw garlic, drinking a ton of water, breastfeeding constantly, you know, to help relieve that. Anyway, that is no picnic. Mastitis completely sucks. There's just like no other way to put it um, for me. So anyone who's gone through that, I totally feel you and gone through it more than once. Oh my gosh. Um, But other than that, and like the normal, you know, my boobs getting 10 times their normal size, leaking everywhere, feeling engorged and just kind of like like a hot mess. <laughs> um I would say it's been pretty pretty even keel, would you say as an observer? Yeah, I'd say that as well. Um uh, aside from the mastitis, I don't think I can think of any big events that have happened. And you know, just like you said, the normal stuff it kind of uncomfortable here oh yeah or... don't get me wrong it's not like it was rainbows and butterflies and sunshine the whole time um ali wong jokes in her uh recent special that i've already talked about and when she pictured breastfeeding it was going to be like she would be in a field and that guy from um the uh somewhere over the rainbow would be singing like <laughs> like the hawaiian version she's like that is not what it is so i totally agree with that that's not what it is um but it's also not it wasn't you know chaos and frustration the whole time either but yeah there were definitely those nights when she was feeding for like 45 minutes to an hour all the time you're just like oh my god yeah (laughs) um you're just a walking boob and she didn't love the bottle so yeah we had challenges with the bottle so when i would go away for a few hours or when i started working again and had clients you know that was you know we worked on that Um, like she eventually took to it but yeah she definitely preferred the boob right and uh, I personally hated pumping, so yeah. that probably didn't push us in the direction of bottles any anymore either. And we never did formula? No. Yeah. No, we never supplemented. Um, 
And then some of the usual things like losing sensation in my boobs at different points in time. And then, you know, they were pretty much a no fly zone for a really long time during sex, which I know I don't want to say like deeply impacted you like, but yeah, it does. Like it impacts our, our energy and our flow. And it's like, uh-uh. like you can't touch this part of my body. Like, you, sorry, you just can't. Yeah. And that was, that was challenging at sometimes at some points because it, uh, it almost at, at moments would feel like it would interrupt the flow of like lovemaking. Right. Um, but I had to learn that I just had to learn and right. get, and kind of get, um, totally on board with that and sometimes i'd forget yeah yeah and that wouldn't be fun and so (laughs) yeah uh no issues breastfeeding in public that i can remember i was definitely nervous the first few times and almost had this uh defensive wall up like come at me someone someone say something someone say something to me you know but it it never happened um and i then as time went on i had less and less issue just like whipping them out and feeding my baby just the same as you get to eat out in public or I can't, my child. Um, I remember we were at one place and we had just wrapped up nursing in public and, you know, and, and whenever, whenever you would feed in public, I was on alert as well. Yeah. Like I, I was in like that my bouncer, protective my mode. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember we were at some place and we were, we were leaving. There was a woman standing in line and she just had her. Oh, her she had child, her baby. Yep. yep just like yep. on, on it. But you know, her, her child was bigger. Yeah. Probably like, over two is a big kid. Okay. And um, she was just standing in line, boob out. And yeah. I, I loved seeing yeah. that. I thought that was so cool. We used to joke, you used to joke. So you know how, I don't know if anyone else notices this, but motorcyclists out on the road oh, yeah. have like a brethren and this like secret handshake thing they do that they like wave their hands down and like acknowledge each other as like, fellow motorcyclists of the road of the land and so matthew was like there needs to be one for breastfeeding so like if you saw a fellow breastfeeder mom out you could be like hey like do the thing do the thing <laughs> that'd be awesome i'm sure there, the there's signal. yeah there's gotta be some some breastfeeding mama signals that'd be awesome uh let me see and then you know we enter into what would be considered extended breastfeeding territory you know we at one point in time i was like let's just get to six months. Like I really couldn't have a scope of breastfeeding beyond like the next few months, just because it, I think breastfeeding forces you to come present to whatever's happening. Cause like you're right there with a human latched onto your body physically and like siphoning off of you. So it just brings you really present. So I personally couldn't think beyond like six months at one point. And then I was like, okay, a year. And then I was like, okay, 18 months, maybe like question mark. And then once past 18 months, I was pretty convinced we were going to go to two years to 24 months. I was just, that's just kind of what entered my brain. Um, and you know, when I look back, um, I've been at total peace with how long we've continued to go. You know, I've, I'm the longest breastfeeder in my family, so after I went beyond a certain point, I think like my sisters and mom were like, what you doing still nursing her? And then once it got to the point where Maya was communicating more, Maya called my boobs nanas. Yeah. I have no idea where that came from. Like that was literally just like a baby download from the universe. She just started calling them that. And so she, you know, she could come up to me and like touch me sweetly and be like, nanas, nanas. And so, you know, to some people it's like, um, if they can ask for it, that might be the time to shift some things up. But that is everyone's freaking personal preference and i would gather anyone listening to this isn't of that camp that it's like you have to stop or have to do anything at any certain time i believe this community is more like do what works for you yeah especially in this community yeah yeah um but i was pretty at peace with 
all of that. And I even loved her ability to communicate and, and tell me when she needed what she needed. Um, but over the past few months, I'm scattered here, but I also want to mention that she's been a super healthy kid. I believe as a result of a multitude of things, our environment, our energy, how we live our lives, our lifestyle. But then also I attribute a lot of it of breastfeeding to that. And breastfeeding has come in huge handy when she has had a few little things going on. Like we all got hit with the flu one week simultaneously yeah. back to back to back. And I kept nursing through that. Oh, even when I had the flu, was, that was, that kind of sucked a little. Um, and then she got like a little cold once there too. And I just, I feel like, it's been great. And also breast milk is just magical elixir. I've put it on pimples on my face. I've like squeezed a little bit out and put it on like a rash or something at one point in time. Um, I got a cold sore and I put it on that. I mean, it's like... Yeah, that that blew my mind hearing that you could take breast milk and like rub it on a broken bone and then it fixes it. <laughs> Basically. It's, it's like a, a, my big fat Greek wedding. It's the Windex of, of mom world. Or it's like, it's like Robitussin. It. It's like rub some Tussin in there. Oh. Chris Rock. Oh, I don't know that. Oh, man. He's got the stand up. It's That's like funny. My parents used to use Robitussin on everything. That's awesome. So breast milk is the Robitussin of yes. bodily fluids. Yes. Um, <laughs> but let's see. I would say over the past few months, probably since 18 months, maybe even a little bit before that, feeding did kind of naturally cut down a little bit from like on demand. And I think that's for a number of reasons, our schedule is shifting up and changing. So over the past like six months or so, we've gotten a lot more regimented with our work schedules. And then Maya has childcare three days of the week. So we, I just don't see her throughout the whole day as much. Uh, so that was just kind of naturally whittle, whittling it down. And then you also do nighttime routine almost exclusively. The only time I do the nighttime routine is if you're not here or, you know, something else comes up. So that, chopped off the nighttime feeding. Mm -hmm. So we haven't been doing that for a long time, I would say. So what stayed consistent is first thing in the morning was like clockwork, get her out of the crib, nurse her, and then we go about our day. And then there was typically one either right before, right after afternoon nap. And then the occasional random sprinkled in there of like, nanas, nanas, like just come up to me out of nowhere. And I'd be like, okay, fine, you know, because nothing was going on. So I, I think just out of my desire to not be on call all the time, we kind of just cut out the on demand. And so if it was yeah. on demand, it wasn't like the afternoon one or it wasn't the morning one. We would just kind of divert with, you know, uh, some order, some other drink or a snack or like to go do some activity. Um, but I would say over the past few months, just kind of that natural process has been our schedules and then also your support. I think you being helpful in the process is, is huge. Um, like I said, that nighttime routine and then also me letting you know, hey, if Maya's asking to nurse, it's going to be hard for me, especially in the beginning to like not. So maybe you could help out too with like, you know, diverting attention to something else or just support me or ask me, you know, what's going on with me and just let me communicate whatever. Like, cause it's, it comes up in all kinds of different ways. And it's, it's hard to articulate. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate certain emotions from the other because so much is changing. Like I haven't until probably just this week really given credence to how much my physical, emotional, mental, spiritual body like has changed over the past two plus years since getting pregnant. But then even now in this stage, as things are readjusting and regulating and, and organs are changing jobs up, it's like, it's wild. Yeah. It's just nuts. So 
you have, have been a huge help. And then over the past two months, I would say I got more intentional with, okay, I think I'm feeling ready. Mm-hmm. I think we are feeling ready. And it was, it was a, a combination of feeling drained, you know, in more ways than one. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't want to resent the process because it started getting to a point where when she would nurse, um, she's got a full set of teeth. And while she wasn't biting me, just the way she was latched on and hanging on there, it would be so uncomfortable. Like the whole time I would just sort of be wincing. And then when she would come off, I would have this little ring around my nipples of her teeth marks. And it was just, I also wasn't sure how much she was even getting at that point because I felt myself kind of drying. Like I could just tell, I could feel my boobs had kind of deflated like tires at this point. And um, th- there was just a lot brewing to kind of call me to evaluate where I was at with all of this. Um, and biggest thing, not wanting to get to a space where she was asking and I was like, fine. And then like showing her my frustration, showing her that this wasn't something I was emotionally invested in anymore. Like that sends a very clear message. And so I, I just preferred to find ways to phase it out. So my initial intention was to be complete by the end of June. So we're at the middle of June now. Um, and it's, it's almost complete. Um, but what's interesting is in the midst of this, in my decision-making around this, is when the breast milk jewelry entered our world. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I want to do this. When I saw Milk and Honey launched, um, when I saw the company pop up on Instagram, then I saw it was Maria from the show. I was like, I need one of these rings. Like, I need some, I need one of these things to commemorate this experience, especially as it's coming to an end. I don't know how much longer I'll be able to get this milk out of me to make something like this. And so it was a lot of work over the course of a week to pump and self-express because like I mentioned before, don't like pumping, but that's necessary to get a sample to send off for the milk. Um, So it was a huge victory for me, first of all, to get that milk out and to be able to uh, ship it off. And I think that along with the fact that we we're beginning the weaning process and are now probably close to the end. Um, When I got the ring, it just made it, really emotional and really beautiful and magical. And I'm, I'm just so happy that I have it now. Um, I did do a little bit of research as to how I wanted to do this meaning thing, but not all that much. So I think I did just the bare minimum and I'm thinking, okay, you know, once we make it a few days after she hasn't nursed, we're in the clear. It's kind of what I was thinking. And that also, I don't even know why. I mean, I was just because I was focused on too many things at the time. I wasn't thinking about the impact on my physical body and that, after a couple of days of nursing, it would just stop. Like everything would shut down. It would know, you know, I had read that the cells cannibalize and that's how you essentially stop making milk. And that's, that's how you dry up. Um, so somehow we made it three days without nursing. I think just through the course of our activities like that a, were going a long on weekend. Yeah. Th- through everything that was going on that weekend and then just, you know, other stuff she, and she didn't ask for it either. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. We're done here. But then I started to get super uncomfortable and, you know, close to engorged and just and not great. And so sat down and was like, okay, maybe I need to look into this a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, I run the risk of mastitis again if I don't like take care of myself through this process. That was a big eye opener for me. That was a big like forehead slap. Like you need to pay more attention to you in this process and and love yourself through it. So got to work, you know, real, real lines, like slap myself up. I was like, okay, I'm going to approach this a little bit more proactively. And so, um, I nursed again, 
So last time I nursed was a week ago, I think. It was either Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. That was the last time? Last time I've nursed. So it's been a week. Mm. And uh, that was for relief because she's the most efficient thing to get get them. But I kind of put a timer on it and then we moved on to other things. So we didn't have like a full, excuse me, nursing session. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enter cabbage leaves into my life. Read about it. Heard about it from other mamas. That that's a helpful thing to put cabbage leaves in your bra. Um, it's weird. Cabbage kind of smells funky too to me after a while. And when you put it on at first, if it's been in the fridge, it is cold. And it is like, ha, <laughs> huh, I'm alive. Uh, no more milk tea. I've been drinking that from Earth Mama Organics. Um, there's uh, peppermint, I believe, is one of the biggest things to help with with drying. So, so you put the peppermint on the cabbage? Uh, no, so sorry. There is peppermint tea in the tea blend is oh. what I was commenting on. Since peppermint is an agent to help with it, there's peppermint in the the milk tea, the no more milk tea. So if you don't get that one specifically, I believe if you got peppermint tea, it would kind of be serving the same purpose. Um, and then the peppermint oil comes into play. Uh, that I've been using a carrier oil because the first time I did that, I just put straight peppermint oil on my boobs and it helps to dilute it a little bit. Fun fact. Otherwise... Mm. It's just super potent yeah. and very, very strong. So I've been using, you know, like coconut oil or some kind of uh, carrier oil and putting that on my boobs. You just rub it right on there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I needed to uh, do it a few times to find the right ratio of like how many drops of peppermint are best. Because like I said, one day was like, woo boy, like, yes. Uh, and, you know, quite refreshing or exhilarating for summertime, if you're curious. I know with the cabbage, I remember... Um, I didn't know why you bought cabbage oh. in, the, in the first, because we don't like eat We don't typically buy cabbage. cabbage, no. So then I was in the bathroom and I see... Cabbage, cabbage leaves in the, ba- in, the in trash. In the trash. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Why? Maybe she was hungry. I didn't know for a few days that you had been using cabbage on your boobs. You didn't? No. Uh, see, that's another thing too. I, I think because I'm the only one who breastfeeds that I feel like I have to do or experience some of this stuff on my own. And so maybe I didn't even think to tell you, you know, or like that I was going through it. And, you know, I know I've mentioned to you one or two times that it's been uncomfortable and things like that, but it's been way more than what I've said. Like, and you know me and like my, my tolerance and kind of my threshold of things, like something's really bothering me, like physically or even emotionally, like it's significant. Mm -hmm. It's been really challenging. It's been way more challenging than I've been letting off. The the weaning process. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole 
enchilada. Because you've shared some of the emotions around it, mm-hmm. kind of the conclusion of, of Maya being in the baby stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, it's a, it's a huge transition of... It's... It's it's such been such a big part of our relationship, yeah. You know, and for a period of time, like I was the thing she needed to stay alive. You know, like that's that's huge, and I'd be I'd be really fascinated to see an average statistic on the amount of hours an average mom spends nursing in one year. Oh my goodness, it's got to be insane. Um, And so yeah, like she's not a baby anymore. Like she's not she's not a baby anymore, and that's weird to feel like that just happened in a second. And it feels fast to you fast and slow all at once, like a slow, a slow thing. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like the tortoise and the hare. Like, how the hell did you just cross the finish line? You were like way over there and you know, we, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's a weird experience because we get that, you know, you hear as a parent, Oh, everything goes by so fast. And we were just with my, um, my family over the father's day weekend and, you know, they have a, an almost five-year-old and a couple three-year-old twins. And, oh my gosh, the years go by so fast. And so it's interesting because you and I, you know, we work from home and we rearranged our lives so that we could be home all the time. So I totally get it. There's aspects of all of this, including the breastfeeding journey that has felt very long. Like I can almost remember every day it yeah. feels like. But then when you look back, you're like, man, we we're already almost two years into this thing. Yeah. And so that it is, it is interesting. It's it's fast and it's slow. It's a total time warp. It like yeah. it defies. I feel like a lot of the principles of how time works, and it really hit me last night when I sat down and watched a bunch of clips from our birth, and then yeah. I looked at a bunch of video um, pictures from our birth and that first day, and then just seeing that was like wow, and that put me in this kind of. I wasn't sad. But this allowing of whatever emotions needed to come up, come up uh, thing, almost like a stupor and seeing those pictures and watching myself go through labor and birthing her was like, wow. Yeah. It just, it really, it really hit me. And I want her to progress, obviously. Like that's, that's the job I took on is to help her through all of these stages because all of these stages are inevitable and necessary. Um, and I feel very strongly and intuitively that I'm ready for this process in my body and that she's capable and that sh- she is okay. You know, mm-hmm. she is well, she is provided for, she is healthy, you know, all of those things. So just reminding myself that um, helps. And to also, like I just kind of alluded to, letting whatever needs to come up, come up rather than suppress it. And, you know, a few months down the road or at her next milestone, I'm like completely paralyzed and can't move forward because I didn't get through whatever the last thing was. Yeah, which, I, you know, I have... I love where she's at in this stage. Yeah. And I've always felt like as as she's gotten older, I've really loved each stage. Mm-hmm. And I expressed this to you the other day, like there's a part of me that wants to kind of pause the stage right now. It's just fun. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure I'll feel that way in six months. I'm sure I feel that way in another year. You just want to like, let's just hang out here for a little while longer. So I, I, I feel you on all that. Yeah. And, you know, even this morning I got her up out of the crib and she wanted to sit down um, in the rocking chair in her room, which is so cute. Her little request, like sit, 
sit, mama, sit. And so (laughs) she had me sit down and she got in my lap and, you know, straddled me facing me like she would when we would nurse. And she just gently touched my breast and she goes, please, Nana, please. And I was like, "Mm." and I was like, what about, what if we go get some oatmeal? Oatmeal, oatmeal. And so then she was, you know, all excited about oatmeal. And then. What did that do for you when she asked and you, you diverted? It was it hard a little bit, but not so much because I feel like I've put so much in now to this process, like a week plus in of like actively trying to reduce the milk supply. So I'm like, no, I I don't want to go back on that for me or for you because I don't want to send you the message that, you know, like this, this is ending. So um yeah, it's it's a little, and she's just so cute. I mean, she does it like that, but um I felt confirmed. I felt confident. And and I think the way I presented the oatmeal option and the way that she received it is indicative of me being confident in it as well. Yeah. Because I think if I was like uh, uh, kind of went back and like she picks up on that, she'll feel my um wishy-washiness. And yeah. so um yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, and let me ask you this. So we you know we we understand that the breastfeeding chapter is closing. What chapter is beginning? Ooh. I mean, I think it's Maya exploring and establishing more of her independence as as like a little human. Uh, which she's been doing. Which she's is, been, but I just think it's going to be on a whole new level. Yeah. Um, and not just as a result of no longer breastfeeding. I don't think it's because the breastfeeding is ending that's going to happen, or maybe maybe it's part of it. But I think we're definitely entering this stage of her just uh, exploring more for herself and and finding out what what where when how how all of that for for her. Um. And I think it will lend itself to a new way of us uh, connecting and showing affection to one another. And, you know, she's big on hugs right now. So she she came up to me three times in the kitchen this morning with hug, hug. And so she comes up and gives me a hug. So I, and that was something I was a little not worried about because I knew it would level out eventually, but I did have this like little mourning process of what if like she doesn't snuggle me or what if she doesn't want to like, unless it's for nursing. And so what, and then what if she gets confused and she thinks anytime we, you know, I, all that kind of um, cascaded down for a moment, but um, understanding that we're going to keep that and it's just going to look different. Yeah. So all of that. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I'm grateful, you know, for the process and the experience and uh, uh, grateful for her and how, how she's, been and she's so adaptable and so you know aware and you and and your support even when you can't fully understand at times which i know has got to be weird um and there's definitely been little tiny moments through especially the weaning process from like men know nothing like (laughs) you know nothing you don't have to experience any of this stuff and yeah, like you don't. But then I flipped that. I'm like, you know what? In some vein, I can look at it like men don't get the opportunities that we as women get to have to like 
completely experience our bodies anew and in, in different, I mean, I'm sure you can in different ways, but like, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that shifts me out of that, but I've definitely had those moments of like freaking dudes, <laughs> you don't get it. And like, I've been a little, a little angry to, yeah, it's, to man. It's, it's an interesting experience being the partner, mm-hmm. especially being, you know, male partner to where I cannot relate to a lot of the body things you're going through. And even if if I was a female partner that, you know, maybe had never had kids, I wouldn't be able to relate to a lot of the body things. And there's so many little um, milestones in the first couple of years that hold the potential for a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, when she first started feeding herself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when she first started being able to um, ask for things. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and... uh, when she first starts going to daycare, yeah, and all these little little opportunities that reveal how attached we can be as parents, and and I know for myself, I'm I'm looking to be aware of those areas where I'm very attached, and for the ones that make sense, shift to more of feeling connected. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between being attached and being connected, right? And like the daycare one was was something that kind of sprung up on me like feeling so attached to the to to her and uh you know there's like the fearful aspect like oh she's gonna be off with other people and all these different things so there's all these these little moments and we can only really speak to the first two years that's what we've experienced but where you just get those emotional hits like oh something is changing or oh this is ending or oh this is beginning Uh, but i love how you are viewing one chapter closing and the the other chapter opening. I think that's a really healthy way to look at it, you know, because I think that's what's going to continue to happen for the rest of our lives with her. Some chapter is going to close. Some some need that we were so used to fulfilling is going to be complete because we've done our jobs well. And then a new thing is going to open up that we don't really, we don't know yet. Right. Yeah. That's really well said. And I I wanted to throw out there a couple of ideas uh, for mamas going through this or planning this for themselves. Um, The number one thing I would say is find support, whether that's in your tribe, your your peeps, your own mothers, sisters, um, aunties, uh, your midwife or your care provider, find communities through them. Um, Or if you're still feeling stuck, um, looking up La Leche League. um, And they have a ton of great resources and... um, online forums where you could, you know, get some feedback and and empowering feedback. Uh, And then also Badass Breastfeeder, uh, Abby, we had her on the show back in episode 124. And she's all about empowered um, breastfeeding and and things there. So I would say that the support one, two patients, cultivating patients with kiddo, because this is a huge change. um, And just being being mindful and compassionate with that. I mean, we as grown people don't tend to like big changes, especially when it feels like it, it's kind of coming out of nowhere and it's slapping you in the face. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big change. And for yourself, be patient with yourself and whatever those emotions that come up, you know, it's it's a big change and a graduation for everyone involved. Uh, so just, just allowing whatever's going to come up, come up. And the third thing I would say is loving on your physical body. 
So making sure you're well taken care of, of course, and that you are moving through the process as healthfully as as possible, but then doing other things to affirm your body while this change is happening. So whether that's, you know, getting a massage, getting your nails and, um, you know, a manicure, pedicure, getting your hair done, buying new clothes, you know, now that you're breasts might be leveling out to one size, you know, just something to kind of uh, love on that temple and show appreciation for it as it's going through some, some more changes as, as it kind of levels out. So those are the three things I would say, um, where I'm at right now and what I would tell someone who was coming to me, you know, a few weeks ago with where I was at. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I've seen you do other little things, um, taking small baths, you you know, just like doing things like that. And then, um, with the ring that you got. Oh. I think that's a beautiful way to really um, commemorate yeah. that period. Yeah, I call it my magical milk memento. Yeah. Triple M. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and and you know, you you that's why I I love the fact that they're sponsoring the show. I think it's super yeah. cool. And if it isn't a ring or or something like that, like there's things that, you know, mamas out there can do to to sort of um you know, just honor that time. Right. You know, whether it's photos, like, you know, if you yeah. know it's your last couple of sessions or maybe even your last session, like get some nice photos taken or, you yeah. know, ask someone to, something like that. Um, write, write letters. I was going to say journal. Yeah, yeah Write about it. it. Yeah. That, that would be sweet as well. Just write about it. Even if, even if, you know, you've been complete with breastfeeding for a little while, go back, go now and, and write about it and just put your, you know, the, the things that you remember and the things that you loved and all of that all those sweet things down so that you have them. I feel complete. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? I feel, I feel great. I appreciate this space. I um, appreciate you for listening and sharing just, you know, your perspective and chiming in here and there. And I appreciate you listener for hanging out in this space with us. And um, I'm sure some stuff has come up for you in your own journey. Like, like, you know, we were, saying earlier, whether it's happened already or it's yet to happen, whatever, um, would love to hear any feedback or anything that comes up for you, anything that you did that was helpful and empowered you through this process. Um, I would love to hear, especially right now as it, as it continues to ebb and flow for me and I haven't dried up yet. So I'm kind of wondering like, when's, when's this going to be really done? Cause yeah. as long as there's still milk there, there's still that little like Oh, maybe I could jump back in, even though I'm, I'm, I'm clear, I'm, I'm set and I'm, I'm in, in intention, uh, Anyway, just wondering when it's going to be complete. Uh, well, I said it takes, yesterday you told me it up to about two, weeks. two weeks. It can, and yeah. We're in, about we a just, weekend. We, we just started our second week. Yep, yep. Or just completed our first week. Correct. Yeah. So do you have anything for us? <laughs> Please reach out. Um, Instagram at D-I-A-H podcast, or you can email us hello at D-I-A-H podcast.com. There's also a contact form on our website, which is diahpodcast.com. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being here. We appreciate you guys so much. I'm Sarah Bivens. This is Matthew Bivens. This is the Doing It at Home podcast. Bye. Peace. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done... 
why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.